After more than 50 years, the Cultural Center of the Philippines, or the CCP, will undergo a major facelift that is expected to take three years. The brutalist building, designed by national artist for architecture Leandro V. Luxien, opened in 1969, and it's located in Pasay City and overlooks Manila Bay. In this B-side episode, CCP's Tess Rances talks to Business World reporter Michelle Ann P. Suleiman about the multi-million, multi-year renovation and how the shows will go on despite the venue's closure. The CCP building will close for three years for its renovations. Can you walk us through the management's three-year plan? Well, of course, it all started about seven years ago. We are now a 52-year-old building. And being by the bay, we have a lot of problems. We've been having leaks. We've been having you know various problems, air conditioning problems and all that. And about seven years ago, we decided to meet with DPWH, request for their assistance to help us assess our building because we also found out that we have floors that would suddenly have humps and our engineers had said that it would mean that there could be some corrosion on some of the pipes etc. So we said how do we go about this? We also requested the help of the Luxines and they both recommended that we have a complete building audit. So when we were given a budget for the building audit we bidded this out and we were able to hire the AC Ong consultant which is an engineering company as well that has done major building audits of buildings as far as like no more than 50 years old. And so when they were chosen, it was practically a whole year of building audit from 2018 to 2019. When they came up with their recommendations, I'll exaggerate it, all the plans and the reports would fill in a whole room of what they had done, including we requested that they create an as-built plan for us. They started to build this as early as 1965. So the ACOM created this as-built plan for us and at the same time came up really with a comprehensive building audit where they said that we need to rehabilitate the mechanical, the electrical, the plumbing system, the fire protection system, the structural retrofitting was the most important thing and the architectural renovations. We brought this up to the board towards the last quarter of 2019. Of course, pandemic happened in 2020. By the time we first brought it up to the board, the board had asked me how much would it take based on the studies made by ACO, about uh, 700 million would be needed to rehabilitate. And that is just an estimate. So the board was saying, wow, we better have a fundraising activity. Let's plan this out. But when the pandemic happened, of course, we were all like stuck. How do we proceed from here? But one of the things which was also discussed with the board is that a budget was given to us by DBM for the building of the artist center. The artist center actually was proposed to DBM as early as 2017-18 and we were given a budget for 2019 to start off a bidding. However, they were only able to give us half of what we needed. The total budget that we needed was about close to a billion and they only gave us about 450 million. So what the board, the CCP president then was Mr. Lizasso, had proposed to the board to talk to DBM to find out if we can just realign 
that budget that was meant for the artist center to be used for the renovation. Lo and behold, by the middle of the pandemic, we received a memo from DBM saying that, yes, please go ahead, use that budget for the renovation. So we started during the pandemic. We have been meeting over Zoom, my whole engineering team of the administrative services department to create the terms of reference to bid out, get a construction company to um, help us with the rehabilitation process. The board also recommended that we get a project management firm. We had to create the terms of reference for bidding. And in 2020, the bidding for the construction company began. In 2021, the bidding for the project management began. We first met in about April of this year, the project management firm, the construction company, and the ACONG, who actually did the study to look at how to prepare the rehabilitation program. You know, it's electrical, mechanical, even the plumbing system will have to be changed. Sewage system will have to be changed. All that, to me, I was like, uh, oh, it's so overwhelming. But there are processes and we just need to hear it out from both the construction company and the project management firm on how we should go on with this project. They were also saying that, oops, with the leaks, we need to undertake the rewaterproofing of uh, the building, no? not just from the rooftop, you know, on both sides of the building, you have the ramps before the front ramp. This pebbled wash ramps will also be rehabilitated because it affects the lower floors. You know, the little theater is affected by the ramp on the side of the, we call it the Manila side, uh, the side that's facing Manila. And the side that is facing Pasay affects the other side of the building. So it also needs waterproofing. So discussions happen, but we also needed to talk about the priorities. We were mentioning to them that as they go around the whole building to validate our um, suggestion of what should be started on. And one of the things which we thought must be started on was the Little Theater. We were already having spalling of the cement at the backstage of the Little Theater. And apparently our escalator, which we just totally changed the first floor level of the escalator is related to the backstage ceiling of the little theater and part of the ramp for the cars no? that was rehabilitated before the pandemic and apparently part of that ramp is also related to the backstage ceiling of the little theater and then we also um, saw the spalling of um, the ceiling of the loading dock of the main theater. And when you talk about spalling, there's, it could also mean that there could be metal bars that have corroded. It's expected because we are by the bay. So all of this must be validated and uh, looked into as how to proceed with the rehabilitation. So it concentrated first on that while we said that the fourth floor offices will be moved. But in the meantime, further studies have been made. Both the construction company and the project management firm have been looking into all the findings of the AC Ong in all the trades. No, The most important is the structural. And they realized that we needed to start with the structural retrofitting 
from the little theater. So the columns from the little theater, either on the left side or the right side of the building, the column must be increased in size to enforce the structural retrofitting. To be able to undertake this, it would mean going all the way to the water level, the base of the building. And when they've been doing their analysis, studies of how to proceed with structural, that's when they call for a meeting first with my department, with the engineering team. And um, we were told both by the project management firm and the construction company that it was important for us to completely vacate the building so that they can really do the work and thinking of the safety of all the employees, it is best that all the works will be done without the employees present. So it's like, oh, what? oh my God, what are we going to do? Fourth floor alone was like, a, where are we going to put all the fourth floor offices? Well, good enough. We have the former Design Center Philippines, International Philippines that was already returned back to the CCP, the building itself. But then again, that building is also about um, almost 40 years old and it has its own problems needed to be rehabilitated. So we need to rehabilitate the whole thing now to be able to say that we are going to move everyone out of the building. And at the same time, it, it was like, oops, the Design Center Philippines is not enough. So we needed to look for other offices to be able to move the rest of the offices. So, you know, the challenges, it's exciting because I know that they're really studying it and we're making sure that we will see a building that will last for another 50 years. Because when you open up something, you really do not know what else you'll find. Even if you have a rehabilitation of your own house, I mean, that's it's the same. But completely turning over of the building, they see that the three years is just the right time or maybe even less. The study made was that it would be by until the first or second quarter of 2025. What phase is the rehabilitation on at the moment? Because in terms of what has been accomplished, we've only been like about 2% of the total project because it's not about starting the work right away. It's about looking at all the plans, all the trades, their engineers that are related to all these fields and they're studying um, based on what the AC Ong has recommended. Is this really the right way to approach the rehab? So they have been going through all of these plans, etc. But the work at the little theater has started. So as I said, the original approach was to start from the fourth floor going down. When we are able to move out everyone by January, they are going to add on more people to do the same for each floor. Which areas will follow suit after the little theater? So from the little theater, they're working on right now with the ceiling of the little theater where we had the spalling, you know, that's the one that's related to the main theater floor, uh, the lobby, and the one that was related to the ramp. But they will continue with the electrical. So what they intend to do was finish off the rehab within the little theater. But at the same time, they will start the work on the fourth floor once it's vacated. So all the trades are going to to be worked on simultaneously. That's their plan because once you remove the ceiling, you will see the electricals and you would see the pipe, you know, so they'll start working on it on a per floor basis. Another priority area is the library and the library is on the third floor. It's because the library, it's situated in the cantilever on the side of the Pasay. The library floor has a lot of humps right now. It also had a lot of leaks. 
Ma'am, where will the offices transfer temporarily? Well, okay. One major space, as I had mentioned, is the Design Center Philippines, which we are calling the Cultural Center of the Philippines Annex. And that is where all the artistic units will be transferred. Everybody say, oh, so excited. We're now going to be all in one space. Because here at the CCP, it's in different floors. The Design Center is like a bungalow. But that's also where all the museum collection and the visual arts collection will be housed. That is where our library collection and the library itself will be housed, including a digital hub that the public can go into. So if you are looking at the Design Center Philippines building, on the left side would be purely the office spaces for all the artistic units. On the right side, the public can have access to the digital hub and into the library. The visual arts collection and the museum collection will be also housed in a part of that building. And then the finance and admin building has always been um, right after Folk Arts Theater fronting Gloria Marys. That will remain. And then we were able to forge ties with the Ramon Magsaysay Foundation to transfer the office of the president and our legal office, our marketing department, our office of the artistic director, um, the corporate communications team, the corporate affairs, the MIS, the HRMD, the Human Resource Management, and our internal audit. So we're occupying various offices on the 15th floor, 14th floor, 10th floor, 5th floor, and 4th floor of the Ramon Magsaysay. And when there are press conferences, it may probably have to be done. It could be at the Ramon Magsaysay, it could be at the Design Center Philippines, or it could be at the venue where we're holding the performances or the workshops. How will the move to the different buildings affect the programming of the CCP? Let's start with the performances. As you know, we always have like a calendar for the year. And what we had done was to make representations and finalize bookings. Uh, certainly, we will be working with the Metropolitan Theater that is run by the NCCA. We will have various performances from the resident companies. And even some workshops would probably be happening at the Metropolitan Theater. We also made representations and booked performances of our resident companies from the PPO to the dance companies and Samsung Theater has considered in its calendar for next year um, Cinemalaya for that matter may be happening as well and other festivals may be happening at the Samsung Theater and of course we have our Tanghalang Ignacio Jimenez where the Tanghalang Filipino our theater resident company will have most of its productions but it will also be for festivals like Cinemalaya and the good side of the main building closing down and all its venues is that it forges more interrelationship with other theater owners. And of course, our programs in the regions will even be strengthened. Many of our workshops have already been happening even before this whole rehabilitation, and it will continue. All the units are looking into where we're holding the partnerships that we have in the regions, the partnerships that we also have with other companies here in Metro Manila where we can hold the workshops even in schools. So all of this are being planned out now but certainly we've already booked the Met Theater and the Samsung Theater to ensure that there is that booking for the performances. And then the Black Box Theater, the newly opened Tanghalang Ignacio Jimenez is fully booked. It's the only venue that we have right now, the CCP. Which events would be the mainstay for the Black Box Theater? Well, definitely the theater company, Tanghalang 
parang Pilipino, will have its regular season and the festival, I would think that even the Virgin Lab Fest will be at the TIG. And then we are also looking at, of course, the Cinemalaya. We are lo- also looking at some of the dance programs because it's a space that where you can do different kinds of productions, even from the musicals. And we will continue to do the same at the Tanghalang Ignacio Jimenez. Will they be introducing new programs in line with the transfer to different venues? Not really new programs, but rather a twist, I guess, with the programs because it's totally different when you are doing it here within the building. You know, the programs in the regions will not change because we've been doing those programs really, you know, especially for our cultural exchange department and the arts education department. All the programs are undertaken in the regions and this will continue. But if it's being done like Cinemalaya, let's say, or the festivals being done in other venues, we may, depending on really the availability of the venue, the screenings, we will continue with our partnerships as well with Ayala and SM and hopefully other partnerships with other theaters, not just in Metro Manila but in the regions. And of course, the funding. Everything boils down to what we can afford to do with the funding that we have. So basically, that's it. What is the significant contribution of the Loxin firm to the restoration? The Cultural Center of the Philippines uh, was designed by our national artists. It's a cultural heritage site and we would like to be able to keep it to closest to what architect Leandro Luxin has envisioned the CCP to be. There will be changes in terms of like theater seats, carpets, but like the gold leaf ceiling, it will be changed but it will still be a gold leaf ceiling as designed and the interior design of the building was also foreseen by architect Luxin. So the involvement of the Sun, Andy Loxin, and the whole team, the LDLP partners, is a very important consultancy group that we brought in to our team. The Loxin is definitely the partner to make sure that we are able to maintain the vision of architect Leandro Loxin. The way he designed the building, we have been discussing that that is what we envision to happen, that we will be able to maintain that vision of our national artists for architecture. So the partnership with Loxin will be a constant consultation. Approvals when it comes to architectural renovation will definitely be with the Loxins. So major player talaga ang Loxins for this renovation. Will any changes be done to the interior of the building? We're also bringing in the Nagata Acoustics from Japan, the same acoustic company that did the acoustics for the new Black Box Theater. Why Nagata? I mean, there could be other acoustic companies. Unfortunately, we don't really have that kind of acoustic company in the Philippines. That's why we have to look out. But I think the important thing about Nagata Acoustics is the fact that they were trained by Berenek. Berenek, who is the designer of the acoustics of all our theaters. Because as we rehabilitate the theaters, we need to strengthen the acoustics in terms of the form, the shape. You know, there are certain forms and shapes of acoustics to keep it to what a lyric theater should be, you know, there are specifics for theaters, which we are asking the help of Nanagata Acoustics. And then we're also bringing in a technical theater consultant. Uh, her name is uh, Barbie Tanjonko or Marie Barbara 
Panchonko. She basically was our technical theater consultant for the Lockbox Theater. She's also trained at the Yale University and the only one right now who's been fully trained as a technical theater consultant. She has been doing works for almost all the new theaters in Metro Manila. And so we have asked her help as well to join us in this. Already we've had meetings because for the structural renovation at the Little Theater, it would really affect the proscenium and some of the battens at the Little Theater that must be discussed and considered when you increase the column at the Little Theater. Ma'am, please tell us about your partnerships with the private sector in regard to mounting exhibits outside the CCP, such as your recent partnership with Arthaland. Yes, there will be more of that. In fact, I know, well, one is the National Museum. There are talks already with the National Museum. There's also the Vargas Museum and the new Fine Art Gallery in UP. There also talks about doing exhibitions outside of Metro Manila, but that is still being finalized because it will entail, you know, what kind of works really, because it's a big insurance undertaking for the travel of the artworks, but certainly in the visual arts. We also want the people to, to know that even if the building is closed, we want to be able to hold productions even at the lawn and even in other parts of the complex. So we'll be undertaking programs as well within the premises because we want the people to know that it's just the building that's closed but not its programs. What are your expectations when the CCP reopens in 2025? My expectation is that people will be very excited to come and see performances at the CCP to see its programs You know, as we open the CCP in 2025. One of the things I know I will miss is like seeing audiences. You know, we have a lot of audiences, especially when we have festivals like Cinemalaya. I think that's the kind of crowd that I foresee in 2025 coming into the CCP. And that concludes another episode of B-Side. Once again, you heard Tess Rances, Manager of the Administrative Services Department of the Cultural Center of the Philippines, or CCP, talking to Business World reporter Michelle Ann P. Suleiman. After more than 50 years, the CCP will be renovated. It's a big endeavor that entails moving everyone and everything out of the building, forging partnerships with other performance spaces, and taking shows to you. This episode was recorded remotely in October 2022. It was produced by Joseph Emmanuel L. Garcia and me, Samuel Marcelo. Thanks for listening.